All right, everybody, welcome to uh, podcast number four. Thank you guys for um, listening, and um, I'm just going to jump right into this. Uh, a lot of different things I'd like to talk about. I'm only going to do about 15 minutes today uh, about a couple of different subjects, uh, one being dolphins. Uh, I am. Uh, let me give you a little bit of feedback or, or uh, history from me. I am uh, a marine biology major and uh, have worked on a glass bottom boat for a couple of years. And basically what my job was is we would go to the uh, barrier reef here in Key West uh, area, 6.2 miles out, and then uh, get out there. I get on a mic and uh, talk about coral and fish and uh, environmental stuff in front of uh, 50 to 100 people. Uh, and then they close cabin for um, while they're looking down uh, at the water for about uh, about 30 minutes, you know, and I uh, really enjoyed it. It was just a lot of fun. I could give a lot of uh, information about the ecosystem and uh, kind of make it funny, too. I put a little, little bit of comedy in there, which is I'm going to try to infuse that uh, into this format also. But uh, it's kind of a newer thing, so I'm still trying to um, figure out how to uh, make this as smooth as possible. Uh, and I'm going to have to do a lot of editing and, and stuff like that. But uh, basically, that's the premise of uh, this whole thing. So uh, the couple of subjects I would like to go into today is going to be, uh, of course, the um, uh, coronavirus and also uh, dolphins. Uh, dolphins and dolphin sex to be um, uh, to get more uh, integral with it. Uh, the the uh, funny thing was I went on a... Uh, one of my friend's boats a couple of months ago, right when this whole thing was kicking off, and I uh, just kind of started getting into the podcast game a little bit, and hadn't really done it for that long. But anyway, we were out, uh, we were at the at the Barrier Reef, and just kind of hanging out, you know, having a couple of drinks, listening to some music, and next thing I know, uh, the dolphins are popping up. So I I tell my friend uh, Steve, I'm like, why don't you go ahead and get, go get in the water, man? Just jump in and, and, and swim over to them and see if they'll uh, interact with you and see if you can, you know, make some sounds or something like that. But be careful though, because those are some horny creatures. They will come right up on you. And, uh, you know, if you get banged by a dolphin, dude, I, I don't know what I could do for you. I mean, <laughs> you're just going to have to sit there and enjoy it. Cause I don't, I don't know how that works, but, uh, it's yeah. 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 I'm like, just go up there and hug them if they'll let you, uh, they, and it was just kind of a funny thing, you know, of course, um, you know, they're pretty skittish of humans anyway. So, I mean, if they're not used to being around uh, humans, they're pretty used to uh, being around boats when they're out there. Uh, we run across dolphins uh, pretty much uh, every week. Um, there's uh, about 300 bottlenose dolphins that do live in the Key West area. Uh, these dolphins do not migrate because they have such a huge food source here and uh the water temperature is pretty much uh pretty consistent all the time and they just love it here so uh, the last time the researchers went out there was about 300 uh, i've seen some babies though uh being out on the water for the last couple of years and so there's got to be uh, a few more but you know dolphins are um really um, interesting creatures extremely intelligent mammals and uh they um are one of the few or maybe the uh, I have to do some research on this, but I know they're one of the few mammals other than humans that actually have sex for pleasure. So that being said, I mean, uh, you could think of some other um, mammals that maybe do that also. Um, 
maybe the apes, uh, chimpanzees, things like that. Maybe they do it also, but I don't, I don't know about that. You know, I have to, you know, I'm, a, I'm a more of a water person, so I'm not really good on, um, uh, all the, uh, jungle creatures yet, but, um, I'm sure as I get more uh, involved in the school, I'll, I'll have all that told, but, but dolphins are very interesting. They're extremely intelligent. Uh, they travel in, in, um, Larger groups, they can be on huge pods throughout the ocean, uh, like extremely huge, like in the thousands. But here in Key West, there's not really that many. So if we see a pod pop up where it's um, four or five or more, it's usually females because they're usually travel. They usually travel together, um, and they try to protect their young. So um, the males are pretty much loners. They have like one buddy, usually that they'll um, hang out with for life. And they um, just kind of just travel around with their uh, their buddy and looking for females. Now, when they encounter females, if there's other males in their clique, now this almost sounds like a gang-like activity. Uh, they're they're basically considered rapists, <laughs> and uh, but the females have made some interesting uh, evolutionary things uh, to their bodies that help uh, counteract that thing. Um, now, the male dolphins have a really high level of testosterone, so they, they will just basically bang anything that moves. So if you're out there swimming around and, and, and you look good to the dolphin, guess what? You're about to get banged. <laughs> and they have, like, um, pretty good-sized penises for um, an amphibious creature. Now, these, these things can weigh, you know, a fully-grown um, male bottlenose dolphin can be, I don't know, 150, 200 pounds, you know. Uh, this is, you know, and um, their penises are collagen, made of collagen and uh, extremely hard at all times. <laughs> and so even when they're not excited, yeah, it's going to be hard. So uh, they um, will actually gang up on female dolphins. And, um, and, and if there's a few males and there's other males around and that they're not with their you know, particular clique, uh, they will actually block them out. And so one of them can mate with the female, if not all of them mate with the female. That happens also. But uh, the females have actually um, evolved a, a certain um, trait with um, uh, their sex organs, too. They're able to have like this uh, kind of a flap type thing that kind of goes over and makes it really difficult if they're not interested in a particular male dolphin to actually get up in there, you know? And so it makes it extremely uh, difficult. Now, my friend Steve, I was on the boat with his, uh, his son is um, an astrophysicist, but also um, is really interested into uh, the marine biology thing. And he sent uh, a couple of links over about, about this whole thing. And uh, just because he was telling him when we were on the boat and we, we were making, you know, uh, it was kind of a funny thing that was going on. And uh, I sent a couple of links. Uh, and then ducks actually have a corkscrew penis. I never knew this. I'm like, you know, I'm not big into fowl. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not a big bird person, so I don't really know any of that stuff. But uh, apparently, uh, male ducks have a, um, a corkscrew penis and are also very uh, promiscuous as far as sex goes um, with the girl ducks. So the girl ducks have developed a strategy, um, I guess, <laughs> after evolution that they have a reversed 
corkscrew vagina. And so the problem is when they try to go in there, it doesn't, it doesn't work because it's reversed. It's different. You know, they, they can't, it just doesn't go the right direction or whatnot, you know? So that was interesting. I never even heard about that. And I don't know if that's all ducks or what breed of, of duck that actually happens with, but yeah, it's interesting stuff. Um, you know, uh, dolphins are, uh, are pretty cool though. You know, they're, uh, you know, they spend uh, about a third of their day, uh, feeding, just going after fish and they're extremely intelligent on how to do this and uh, develop all kinds of different techniques on how to hunt together and uh, push these fish up into the, the shallow areas and circle around them and then have the fish have to come back out towards them and then they can feed that way uh, and uh, you know that they spend a third of their day feeding a third of their day basically sleeping so a portion of their brain will shut down and uh, just uh, the part that uh, will keep them like um, breathing or not really breathing that just basically hold their breath and they'll just kind of sleep but it keeps their like vital functions you know pretty much going and then uh, the rest of their bodies are pretty much just asleep and then the rest third of their day is just playing so they just like frolic around and jump through the waves and we would um, you know behind the boat uh, pretty decent sized boat we had two um, 500 horsepower Volvo engines um on each side of this catamaran which is a uh, 80 by 26 feet uh size boat so it's a pretty decent size boat we get 115 people on there and then we'd make a pretty nice wake and then when the dolphins show up they will just basically jump behind the boat uh through the wakes and just all over and do flips and stuff like that and it was really cool uh whenever we would encounter them and of course you know we did work for tips so whenever we uh, would encounter dolphins we would um make um, dolphin money is what we called it so you know when you see all the guests that are on the boat uh, see these dolphins automatically your tips go up you know I don't care how good of a job you did narrating or you know taking care of them and all that stuff but um, yeah that, that was always a plus so dolphins are uh, pretty cool and uh, interesting creatures if you guys want to uh, want some more information on um, on that stuff uh, you know let me know um, I'm, I'm sending this out to most of my friends so you guys are going to be able to, um, you know, share, share some of the links. But um, but anyway, um, uh, another thing about the boat, which is kind of interesting, is uh, seasickness. Now, I kind of did a study for two years uh, while I was on this boat going out every single day with, you know, like 50 to 100 people three times a day. So basically there were some days we would uh, our numbers would be 340 people. 300, you know, something like that per day. And I think um, that's basically helped me uh, far this, far as this virus goes with my immune system because I've, I was around so many people in an enclosed cabin for two years and having to fight off all the different stuff that these people have coming off of cruise ships all over the world. I mean, and so I think that kind of helped me in, in a certain way on uh this virus thing i'm i'm still being extremely careful and cautious and wearing a mask every time and doing social distancing unless it's one of my really close friends that i know they're good and then and i know who they've been around and that type of thing but extremely cautious anyway but um i've been able to uh, narrow down the study on seasickness which is um pretty predominant depending on um what nationality you are so let me break it down for you 
And when I tell you this is going to be 100% true because I've been looking at this for two years and I have cleaned up a lot of puke on a boat, okay? So this is definitely uh, a, a true story and this is how it breaks down. The people that get seasick first are going to be Asians. Asians will get sick immediately. Uh, I mean, they they probably can get sick in a bathtub, like laying there. I, I mean, or a swimming pool if the if the wind's blowing weird. Uh, and it's weird because you know that culture kind of started out as a, a seafaring culture to begin with. Not anymore, but um, that's probably why they got too too damn sick after a while. So uh, yeah, so the Asians will uh, end up getting seasick first. And there's uh, telltale signs where you can start just look at the crowd and the people, and I can start picking them out. That one, that one, that one. Bring them ice. Bring them a puke bag. You know, bring them a little ginger mint. You know, because that they're they're gonna start going. And the next group after the Asians is gonna be the Indians. And the Indians, they love some glass bottom boating. Oh my God, uh, especially here in Key West, we have such a huge influx of Indian people that love to get on this glass bottom boat. I mean, they just love it. And they get sick as a damn dog every single time. Their babies are throwing up. They're throwing up. They, they can't even control their babies because because they're so sick, you know. So, and so we're basically having to babysit these people uh, a lot of the times when it's – this is not all the time, but this is when the conditions are not great, you know. Uh, and so you have to kind of be prepared for that and, um, you know, have your gloves and stuff on and – uh, yeah, it's uh, one of the downfalls of that job. But um, and then um, after the Indians, it's going to be uh, African Americans um, or just black people in general. And those they're, they're they do pretty good uh, normally. But uh, then and then it's the the white population after that usually is, does the does the best. Now I'm not saying that. No, no whites uh, get seasick as they do too. Uh, it just kind of depends, you know, how much um, wander experience that they've had. But yeah, it's a it's a really interesting uh, study that uh, I was able to conduct just mentally, just kind of watching these people. And you can always tell, like, when they start feeling bad, they start yawning. Okay, then then they want to lay down, and and then I guess it kind of makes you tired at first. Um, before you actually start really getting uh, kind of sick, and the thing with a glass bottom boat is, you know, you you're basically parked at the reef and you're kind of floating over a certain area, so you can you look down through the glass. And people that are susceptible to uh, seasickness, it makes you worse. I mean, you get the the more down you look, the worse it's going to get, especially if there's a lot of motion going on. So we just tell them, you know, just look up, look at the horizon. Go outside, get some fresh air, and you'll feel better. You know, we can give you some ice or what, whatever, and just don't go in the bathroom. Do not go into the head because if you go into the head, it's not ventilated. It's going to maybe not smell that great. We clean it a lot, but still, uh, I mean, people go in and out of there. Oh, that's another thing. You, you A lot of people that are starting to uh, feel seasickness, they, they go into the restroom and then they have to, they have to shit. They, they, they just shit their brains out. Uh, I'm not, I don't mean like, you know, um, diarrhea or anything like that, but it's just like they are, they have to like, it just helps clear their stomach or whatever that, cause your stomach gets so fucked up. Um, and I've only been like really seasick one time. The first time I was ever on a boat, um, in central Florida on a gambling boat. 
really rough seas. We had to go like seven miles out to international water uh, to be able to do that. It was it was brutal. I mean, I, I didn't take any Dramamine, and uh, I had never been on a boat way out in the ocean before. This was years ago. And yeah, I did the same thing. Now, I, I was thinking back. I was like, yep, I had the same damn thing going on. And then, and then they start sweating. And then you can just look at them, and it's like sweat dripping off of them. It's like, oh boy, here we go. So automatically, I usually can cut it off at the pass. But yeah, it was kind of interesting. Um, boat uh, doing that uh, job for a couple of years. It was actually one of the best jobs I've ever had. I really enjoyed it. I got it through an internship through uh, my college. Um, and then I just loved it so much, I stayed there. And I got credits for school and everything for that. But I uh, really enjoyed it. Probably we won't be going back just because do I really want to be in a cabin that's enclosed with 50 to 100 people? Coming off of cruise ships anytime soon? No. So um, I'm going down different avenues right now on uh, finding a, a different job, maybe a little closer to home too, so I don't have to drive all the way downtown Key West and all that. But um, yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, as far as this virus goes, uh, list, uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I've heard recently is they're trying to reopen up a lot of states. Uh, there's... Um, a lot of mixed emotions about that for on both sides. And uh, it's just maybe they're saying it's too soon. Uh, a lot of people want to get back to work and, and start making money again, which I completely understand that. Uh, but, you know, as long as people are just doing the, the proper thing, you know, I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan pro- uh, podcast and he makes a lot of valid points on, you know, let's just keep all the people that are really uh, susceptible uh, to the virus, let's keep them quarantined, but everybody else that has really good immune systems and things like that, let's let them get back to work. And as long as they're doing it properly under proper guidelines, it uh, should be fine, you know. And so uh, that's, uh, you know, something that's going to be um, put out there on the table. It's just like hard to tell if there's going to be another wave of this coming around a little bit later, but. Uh, what I can tell you guys is um, what you got to do, um, especially if you're not working and you are in lockdown and you don't have a lot of people around you. I'm basically by myself here, and I know there's a lot of other people that are doing that too. But you know, you have to keep your uh, body and mind active all the time, and you, you just can't really let up. And this is the time to really start getting structured. You know, you just, you know, uh, listen to some motivational stuff. Get up at the same time every single day. Make your bed. You know, you know, do write down your goals for the day. You know, and just accomplish everything. Uh, Because progress in your life, especially during this time, as long as you're making progress, you're going to be feeling a lot better. It basically, it, it just basically wipes out all the negativity that's going on. And just limit your news. You know, all this this news stuff is just, it's hard to know what to believe anyway, you know. So just kind of limit that. I mean, you know, you're going to watch it from time to time. But, you know, just don't sit there all day and watch it. It's just ridiculous, you know. There's just so, so much stupid shit that's on uh, TV. So just kind of limit that and, and and get out and work out, you know. I mean, just uh, you know, start, you know, go on, go on YouTube, do some yoga. Um, you know, go on bike rides, go on jogs, you know, um, go, go, go snorkeling. The beaches are open now, uh, get out there and uh, enjoy the, um, enjoy nature. You know, I mean, there's a, a lot of things that are happening positively right now that you can basically reset your life and the, the environment's resetting itself because there's not as many people 
driving cars around. There's not, you know, and and so all of that kind of stuff is just as long as you're being safe um, and just concentrate on that on every day because uh, this is going to last a while. You know, I'm not going to even sugarcoat it. So it's going to be going on for quite a while. So um, stay safe. And uh, I'm going to wrap this up right now. We're going right on 20 minutes. And um, thank you guys for listening. I'm going to do another one uh, hopefully next week. And um, thank you guys. And uh, talk to you later. Peace.